0: You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 153 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. Before I get the show on the road, I want to thank Patreon number four. And I apologize if I ruin your name, but I think it's pronounced... Rasvan or Rasvan Thanks for your support. And if uh, anybody out there wants to be a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash nationalchemist and there you will get access to a bunch of addi- additional material as well as these episodes in advance before an- anyone else. And yes, you will be a part of some sort of VIP, where you don't have to listen to these episodes at the same time as the common mortals does. So join us and support the podcast. I appreciate it greatly. There's a link at NashabonAlchemist.com if you want to check it out. Now let's get right to it, shall we? In this episode, my guest is nikolai Dematos Friswald a native of Norway and resident of Brazil since 2003. And he is a behavioral psychologist, anthropologist and master brewer. And during the last 25 years he has traveled extensively in search of traditional wisdom and spiritual legacies with a particular focus on African and Afro-derived traditions uh, along with what is generally defined as traditional witchcraft in Europe. Friswold is a Pragmatist with an interest in spiritual philosophy, occult history, and aesthetic language used to describe and understand tradition, spirituality, sorcery, and witchcraft. Besides brewing, research, and writing, Frizzol arranges workshops, courses, and events of a spiritual and psychological orientation, as well as initiations at his grange in the Brazilian countryside with his wife, Katie. So thanks a lot for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah, my my pleasure to be uh, to be invited.
0: So can you tell the listeners a bit about who you are and, and what your interests are?
1: Yeah, uh, who I am and my interests. Well, um, since we're speaking about uh, spirituality, my uh, my interest is. Uh, it's about uh, living traditions and, uh, and witchcraft in, uh, in general, uh, both European and uh, African-rooted traditions. Uh, so, this has led me to, to write uh, some books about uh, different subjects, like uh, Ifa, Kimbanda, Paloma Yombe, mm. witchcraft, and, uh, and also a, a book about uh, traditional themes and uh, perennial mysteries.
0: I was interested when i was reading your bio about this ifa because i never heard it before can you explain what that is
1: yeah ifa is uh is the, is the spiritual tradition of the yoruba speaking people so we find the IFA in, uh, in the west africa nigeria benin uh, in particular and uh, ifa is uh uh, it's, the, it's the spiritual philosophy that uh, that lies at the root of uh, the, the varieties of uh, Orisha cults that we have in the world, like Canoble here in Brazil and uh, Santeria in uh, Cuba and uh, United States. So IFA itself uh, mm-hmm. clearly have, uh, due to uh, this uh, profound spirituality, philosophy, and theology that it consists. Uh, can be used to uh, to generate religions, as in the case of Calumble and uh, Santeria. But uh, in itself, uh, the Ifa practitioners view uh, Ifa more as a philosophy, a spiritual philosophy of life, more than uh, a religion. Hence, uh, my interest uh, for traditions and philosophies more than uh, religion uh, per se.
0: You've uh, studied this, uh, I guess you could call them indigenous witchcraft of many different countries in in, in, uh, in Africa and elsewhere. But what's the difference between witchcraft and shamanism?
1: I guess, uh, yeah, these kind of big, big uh, umbrella terms. Uh, I guess uh, there's a lot of uh, opinions about uh, what is witchcraft and also shamanism. And... Uh, seems to me that uh, today the idea we have about uh, shamanism is uh, is largely from uh, Eliade's uh, work with Siberian shamans and uh, Michael Horner, uh, where the shaman is, uh, is a person that works with trans states uh, and uh, trafficking with spirits, which uh, I guess with uh, all shamanic, uh, traditions or uh, any culture, any uh, spirituality with shamanic components would would have this uh, this trace in in common. Uh, so f- for me, shamanism uh, is 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 very much uh, a function related uh, to a function in a in a society as well, because the the shaman uh, here in uh, in, uh, in Brazil uh, is called page, and Yes, he do traffic with spirits. He needs to go through this uh, period of uh, uh, shamanic illness uh, where he uh, gains his gifts. Uh, but uh, this, because he, he's, a, he's not only a, um, a, a person that traffics with spirits and with ancestors, but uh, he's also the, the source for solutions and healings for a for community. And uh, <clears throat> I would say if you take care of this role, uh of uh, the shaman it's uh, uh, is different from witchcraft because uh, uh, witchcraft do have a aspect with it that is uh, related to the nocturnal to the night uh, to secrecy more than uh, what I conceive uh, a shaman is uh, it's a different way of of, of handling secrets and also uh, witchcraft in a traditional sense is uh is mm-hmm. It's a mystery that is verbed within a, a closed-circuit family, more than an uh, open-ended society and uh, this kind of structure that a shaman is working in. But uh, certainly this uh, trafficking with spirits uh, is, is a factor in common, I would say, with shamanism and witchcraft.
0: In terms of the Haiti and uh, what's famous as voodoo, you know we have every Everybody everybody's heard about you know the voodoo doll and and uh, people coming back back from the dead, but what is the actual uh, real voodoo? Because uh, those are like the mainstream stereotype I, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um voodoo is uh as I perceive it. It's a, it's a uh... Synthesis of the, the African and native legacies that uh, was found in Haiti. Uh, so this means that Voodoo is a, a religion uh, where uh, the focus is uh, is uh, which means we can translate into uh, uh, cosmic forces that is uh, tied to a given uh, lawful expression in uh, creation and cosmos. So uh, Voodoo is, uh, has a reglement. It has a, a structure that you follow. It uh, uh, it's, it's refined, and, uh, and the goal is uh, spiritual evolution, uh, to be connected with uh, uh, your spiritual court, and, uh, uh, and to work in tandem with uh, with, with Earth and with spirits to embed your with. So. Uh, And another thing with voodoo is, uh, I guess, in uh, the forms of voodoo we are most uh, uh, familiar with is uh, is the Azawé lineages that uh, represents just a a little fraction of voodoo, because uh, uh, in Haiti there there is a lot of regional differences uh, from the north to the south, from the east to the the west. Mm -hmm. So there's a very important part of uh, Voodoo, that is uh, is relegated to the household, uh, where it has a unique expression uh, in, in smaller communities, uh, in families. So, uh, voodoo is, yes, is a religion, but uh, it, it also has so many variations and, and shades of itself that uh, that is also voodoo. So, I think it's more correct to see voodoo as... Uh, uh, the totality of uh, Haitian spirituality and, uh, and and recognize that uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very rich tapestry of, uh, of mysteries when we're speaking of uh, voodoo and uh, this means that the, the fame with uh, zombies and uh, voodoo dolls is uh, of course aided with, uh, with movies and uh, popularism and uh, and so forth, but uh, for instance, the, the voodoo doll or the making of puppets and uh, wax dolls is uh, is a common trait uh, in uh, all over the world. It's not a, a, a Haitian thing as such. And uh, and also with the with the voodoo doll, to, to stay with that term is uh, is also this idea that uh, people have that, uh, it's only for harm. But uh, a doll can be made for healing. A doll can be made. Uh, uh, to send uh, messages uh, to the beyond. Uh, there are many, many purposes of, uh, of a dog, not only working harm.
0: And that brings me to another point, I guess, is that in the mainstream culture, uh, witchcraft and like you mentioned, voodoo and everything is always viewed from a dark or evil perspective, even way back when witches in Europe were, were accused and burned and all that. But um, what do you think this comes from? Is it just is it fear, or those people are like uh, outside the box? Is that is that what people are afraid of? What, what do you think? Why why is witchcraft in, 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 on the side like that, and not like mainstream religion or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, if, if you uh, look at uh, Europe and uh, what is uh, judged as uh, witchcraft uh, historically speaking, or witches. Or It's true, you always see this reference to malefica and uh, to to bad things, but when you look better at at the reasons why, we we find that uh, to a certain degree it's uh, it's about people that uh, is Is not civilized in the way that uh, the lawmakers want them to be. So there, there's, there will always be a, a part of uh, wildness and uh, something untamed with, uh, with witches. So we have to keep in mind that uh, the, this label of uh, witches and uh, throughout in, in witchcraft history is, uh, is always from people pointing fingers. So. It is the accusers that shape it very much what uh, the totality of witchcraft is and certainly the truth about witchcraft is uh, somewhere within all this uh, uh, grandiose uh, casserole of uh, different elements of uh, malefica, of uh, healing, of uh, being bad people, being criminals, being perverts uh, uh, and all this. But. Uh, uh, there is also a factor with uh, with witches uh, that, uh, that clearly was uh, used as scapegoats, and uh, everyone that uh, that doesn't conform too well uh, to the society, well, society tend to to react uh, negatively, and uh, in the past, well, I guess uh, it was easier to be a condemned for witchcraft.
0: I don't know. I'm just speculating now, but I imagine way way back before society formed, before Catholicism. before everything, uh, witchcraft was mainstream. I guess in those indigenous ancient cultures, it was just part of their society, or like the medicine man, or the shaman, or or the witch. Like maybe f- five, ten thousand years ago, uh, I'm sure there was witchcraft way back then, but uh, it, it was it was called something else. I, I imagine, but it was. Uh, uh, don't you think it was more part of society in those days?
1: Yeah, I, I think if you if go this uh, this uh, far back in uh, in our history, I think uh, people were, you know, this veil between the the, the invisible realm and over realm was uh, uh, was thinner. I think. Uh, uh, if you look back, uh, people were living in an enchanted uh, and sold world where uh, spirits were a reality and uh, I think it was more acceptance and openness uh, for uh, what we call witchcraft uh, in the past. Yes, I agree. Uh, still, is if you focus on this element of uh, malefica, of uh, doing harm, is uh, kind of even in Mesopotamia, the, the people working, uh, you know, 5,000 years ago. They were really uh, uh, looked down upon and uh, they represented a kind of threat to the order so i do believe that uh, even 5000 years ago in the beginning of society uh, of the human race that uh, this uh, this kind of friction uh, has always been there somehow it's just that this level of uh, Diabolism that uh, that we had in, uh, in the Middle Ages and uh, during the Renaissance uh, was not so poignant and uh, and radical as uh, in, uh, in in the European Middle Ages. But uh, <clears throat> I think this this contrast in the world uh, is uh, is important to, to understand witchcraft. It's, uh, it's like uh, uh, the, the, the world under the, the rulership of the sun is different than uh, the world under the rulership of the moon. You know, the, the mysteries of the night is, is there, but uh, uh, at the same time, humans, uh, it's a large part of humans that uh, is afraid of the dark, that uh, don't like uh, the uh, what is hidden and uh, so forth. And in this way, I think... Uh, this friction, this tension, uh, is, uh, is something very natural. Hence, those that uh, is more fearless, that uh, is hungry for for knowledge, those that uh, uh, kind of embrace the night, night uh, more, uh, they can end up uh, being uh, looked upon uh, as uh, as threatening to, to the orderly society.
0: Isn't the natural state of the universe night and the sun is a mutation in a sense?
1: <laughs> I think uh, night supports day and day supports night. I think uh, we need this kind of contrast uh, to have, uh, to realize what the other thing is. You know, it's kind of, if you had perpetual uh, night, uh, we would no, not have any idea what uh, what the sun was. So I think all these, these kind of contrasts and polarities, they are kind of affirming one another.
0: When you've looked at uh, like African traditional witchcraft and European, are there any commonalities, similarities between them? Uh,
1: yes, the, there are some uh, similarities and also some differences. I think the, the biggest uh, similarity is uh, how women seem to be uh, the most likely important of, uh, of witch powers, both in Europe and in, uh, in Africa. And I think this is uh, quite interesting, because uh, in Europe you have the, the legend of the, of the fallen host, of uh, the Grigori that fell to earth, uh, Shamiasa, the, the fallen angel that uh, brought the wisdom uh, to earth and uh, started teaching uh, women about uh, these forbidden arts. Hence, in, uh, in Europe, uh, in terms of uh, the, the witchcraft lore, We had the same thing, that uh, that women were uh, the the elected one to to kind of partake of this uh, forbidden knowledge. And in uh, in Africa, there is a tendency of uh, seeing, uh, now speaking from the perspective of Ifa that uh, women possess uh, naturally uh, supernatural powers. And the idea is is kind of different uh, in explaining how in Europe versus in, in Africa. So the witchcraft legend in Europe is uh, related to, to fallen angels uh, coming to teach women, while in uh, uh, the perspective of far, uh, the ability of giving birth, what is happening in the uterus, the gestation of life, is, uh, is paralleling this natural power women have uh, to affect the world in uh, supernatural uh, means so for uh, within the perspective far, uh, witchcraft is uh, considered as a, as a very natural thing
0: and and what what's the major difference between between the african and the european
1: i i think it's uh at the root there is not much difference but uh culture society uh, education uh, it, it do give a, a different uh, expression to these this these powers. So I think uh, this is truly rooted in uh, uh, in uh, geology, geography, in history, in uh, in the difference of culture that is giving difference of expression.
0: <clears throat> so how did you end up in in Brazil?
1: Yeah. Well, oh, uh, <clears throat> I went uh, to Brazil to make uh, fieldwork for uh, the university. And uh, first I fell in love with uh, Brazil and then I fell in love with uh, my wife. And uh, yeah, I emigrated. Simple as that. <laughs>
0: I've uh, been in Brazil, but I, I've never been in Sao Paulo. Although I have uh, I flew an airline over it, over the city, just to change airplane. And uh, it, uh, it must, from the... I mean... Often when you fly over a city, you see it start and then you see it end. It, it's quite quickly because an airplane goes fast. But Sao Paulo, I mean, it was like flying over a jungle or a desert. It just was never ending. It was so, It's the biggest city I think I've seen from above. And uh, I thought it, it, I was wondering how, what's it like to live in such a huge city? Or maybe you don't live in it, but
1: yeah, thank God I'm not living in it. It's uh, okay. Sao Paulo has its charm, but uh, it is uh, it is a very hectic uh, life in uh, in the cities in general. So no, we are living in uh, in the countryside actually, uh, in the jungle, in uh, in the state bordering Sao uh, Paulo. So we uh, are living here in the in the mountains, in in the woods, and uh, it's pretty secluded and uh, safe from uh, all the turbulence or the or the urban developers. <laughs> is
0: there any witchcraft in, in Brazil?
1: Yeah, Yes. I, w- I would say yes. And, uh, and uh, I think uh, Brazil, the spirituality of Brazil, is uh, is extremely rich. And uh, it seems to me that uh, it should be done much more work in, uh, in uh, getting more of this Brazilian spirituality out there uh, for the sake of uh, appreciation, recognition, and, and sharing this wealth of uh, uh, of lore, of magic, uh, of magical sorcery that uh, that we have in this country, and uh, it is uh, frequently confined to, um, uh, to Kimbanda, to Katimbo, under the big label of Macumba. Uh, Makumba simply means uh, a, a magic working. It, it become, became a term, just this kind of, okay, it's, it's a spell, it's sorcery. But uh, it's, it's, it's a very rich, uh, rich country in terms of, uh, of, of magic and, and sorcery and uh, formulas for uh, cure, for using prayers, for heretic Christianity, for many, many things. So, uh, in this way, it's, it's really a, a promised land in, in terms of uh, wealth, of uh, of magic and, and witchcraft.
0: My impression of Brazil is it's very divided because it's like they have these huge cities and very violent and dangerous places. And then you have like the nature and the rainforest and these two, two aspects. Uh, are they very separated in society or... How how? Because I only went there for a week, so I can't really, you know, you live there.
1: I, no, it's, it's a very big country and it's very diverse. And it's as you say, it's kind of in the north with the Amazon, uh, the culture is uh, very different than in the south. That uh, has a lot of European influence, uh, migration from the past, uh, and then we have like Mato Grosso, the small plants, uh, to, more uh, toward the center. Then you have uh, the coastal region. And it's it's such a great variety. It's, uh, I think it's unfair to say that it's just this kind of uh, big cities and uh, countryside. Because in Brazil, we are speaking about uh, multiple cultures. That is, uh, it's just uh, having a, a connection because uh, we are speaking the same language. But uh, from the north to the east to the south to the center, it's. Uh, is huge differences in, uh, in culture, in behavior, in uh, in food, in, in everything. So Brazil is like in many countries in the world.
0: So you you studied all these different kinds of witchcraft traditions, but do you practice any of them yourself?
1: Uh, for for me, it's uh, it's under the umbrella of uh, Kimbanda.
0: So can you explain a bit about uh, about that uh, kind?
1: Yeah, Kimbanda is, uh, <clears throat> is often called uh, the left hand of Umbanda. Umbanda is, uh, uh, is a religion created in Brazil in the 1920s by a guy called Celi. Uh Sely was a uh, good Catholic, uh, excellent medium, but uh, he also wanted to, to kind of unify all these uh, spiritual virtues uh, that we had in Brazil. And uh, Celio, he had a, a great interest in uh, in what uh, what Africans were doing, especially those from uh, Angola and Congo. He started to uh, to learn from uh, some of these uh, these people, and uh, created in uh, in the twenties a, a a secret conclave that was worked aside of Umbanda that uh, he named Kimbanda. So. In a way, Kimbanda uh, was a uh, collection of, or uh, well, uh, attempt of, of, rescuing and uh, giving a succession to a whole lot of uh, of African spirit technology and uh, spirit work. So, uh, even though he. Uh, he made uh, his uh, uh, kimbanda in this way as a, as a kind of working of, uh, of umbanda you have to realize that uh, this uh, the succession that we call kimbanda today is uh, is almost like uh, the, the many nations uh, we have in the, there's many many different forms of kimbanda that is bound by uh, uh, a similarity, namely the focus on the, on the hot, the fiery, and the diabolic. So, in this uh, work Tokimbanda, you, you find uh, uh, that uh, a lot of, uh, of the magic of, uh, of Brazil has been uh, preserved uh, over, the, over the years, either as a part of Umbanda, when they are working the left. Or, in its own right as Kimbanda, without any onbanda. And in uh, in this uh, respect, we can speak about uh, great uh, great differences in uh, in the way Kimbanda is is worked.
0: And what's the purpose of of practicing witchcraft? Is it like spiritual development, or what's the reason to be involved with it for you?
1: Yeah, for me, what, uh, what really caught my uh, interest with, uh, with Kimbanda, besides the diabolic uh, iconography and imagery that uh, was of course intriguing, how, how was it possible that uh, uh, a country or, or a people would uh, readily admit uh, this, uh, this kind of satanic, diabolic imagery and uh, be good with this. So uh, when I then managed to, to get, uh, get into touch with Kimbanderos here in Brazil, I realized that the true focus of Kimbanda is to forge a good bond with your tutelary spirits. Because we all have a issue and a Shuvana Pumbajira that are personal spirits uh, that are, are attracted to us, that we can work with. So there is clearly a side of, of Kimbanda, uh, the most important one in my opinion, that is about this growth you know, to, to, to bring out this spiritual side of you, this uh, Agato diamond, uh, if you want. And uh, uh, this in turn will uh, uh, generate uh, a, a greater amount of uh, intuition, uh, knowledge, special skills. But, of course, there is, uh, there is this huge field uh, connected to Kimbanda uh, with workings of, uh, of good and ill and especially uh, is the fame of uh, using Kimbanda to, to get uh, back at enemies to, to tie lovers to uh, to do mischief to create chaos to burn people to get uh, to, to create uh, conflicts due to the nature of these spirits and This is another thing I found very intriguing with Kimbanda as well. That this is a cult that is completely amoral. We are working with spirits that are really not judging anything. But in not judging, they're also kind of um, uh, putting the judgment back upon us and allows us to, to reap the consequences of what we are doing. So, the, the, the whole spiritual uh, <clears throat> complex of Kibanda is uh, is very intriguing. How you can use these powers that are uh, earthy and fiery to do mischief. But at the end of the day, it's better used to, for your for your own growth and, uh, and, and spiritual growth.
0: So you've written a few books. Can you talk a bit about what those books are and, and, and also where people can get them?
1: Yes, I, um, I wrote uh, two books uh, for Scarlet Imprint that uh, uh, can be bought directly from, uh, from the publisher, Scarlet Imprint. Uh, one about the uh, issue and one about the uh, And uh, with these books, I decided to, to follow the, uh, the approach of seeing an issue, a kind of uh, uh, totality of uh, manliness and with Pumbagia or totality of femaleness, just to kind of anchor this in, uh, uh, in something meaningful and uh, also something that uh, would uh, reference this, this focus that I wanted to get across that uh, these spirits are tutelary spirits that can teach us a lot of things if you want to. but. They do have some demands and, uh, not demands, they are, they are demanding spirits to work with, uh, which I think uh, all spirits that uh, uh, is leaning heavy towards uh, Earth and having this, uh, this sulfuric uh, fire in nature naturally have. So, uh, for me, this, uh, this book was my attempt of uh, sharing with the West. This uh, beautiful discovery from the Brazil with, uh, with Kim Banda, and, uh, and try to find a middle ground between uh, uh, the legacy of, uh, of Ishu and Comagira here in uh, Brazil, uh, and present this in a way that uh, would make it understandable for, uh, for people that uh, don't have this contact with Brazil, you know, to, uh, to make this exotic. Uh, understandable
0: And do you have any websites or anything where people can check out your work?
1: Yes, I have a blog at uh, starrycave.com I haven't uh, had time to write much lately but I will resume writing uh, on my blog uh, uh, very shortly and uh, also have a store uh, that also has a blog where I will also start to produce some some writings uh, at sacredalchemystore.com That uh, where it will be articles and uh, there is also uh, products, magical, spiritual uh, products and uh, and services.
0: Can you explain a bit about what it is to be a master brewer? Ah,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Me and a friend, uh, we, uh, uh, we made a, a brewery here, so we are uh, producing uh, our own beer, but we're also selling beer. So we have a small uh, uh, microbrewery here that is, uh, yeah, both for fun and profit.
0: <laughs> Can you make like a, uh, a beer that has some magical spells included in it?
1: That's absolutely possible. So uh, from time to time we make uh, these kind of um, uh, special experiments uh, to see what comes uh, from it. So who knows in the future if uh, if it will be more magical beer making to be offered to the to the public.
0: Cool. Well, thank you a lot for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Yes, my my pleasure, Alex.
0: Please check out sacredalchemystore.com or starrycave.com and his books can be found at scarletimprint.com Before we finish this episode I have a little story from the past that I want to share that is somewhat related to what this episode has been about, I guess I mean, witches after all have a connection in a sense with what mainstream society refers to as the devil And I did this little recording while driving and uh, I hope you enjoy it I want to tell a story that's... I don't know if it's directly related to witchcraft But there's some witchery about the story, I guess And I have a vague memory that maybe I have told this story before on the podcast So if I have, I'm sorry you have to hear it again But it's a story that's a big part of my past and my history and my memories. And it happened when, oh, how old could I have been? Like, between 10 and 12, something like that. And I lived in a a house that the kitchen window was looking out at a, like, forest. And one day, I was standing by the window looking into the forest and suddenly i saw on like a log this this man sitting and the man he wore like an old old fashioned suit and he had a goatee and he was sitting on this log and his one of his legs was like he wasn't sitting with his legs crossed he was just like his ankle was leaning on his other leg so he was sitting like in a relaxed position and one of the legs was a goat hoof and he had two horns in his head Uh, so it was uh, in mythological terms I guess you could say it was Pan or uh, the devil (coughs) And... uh, I saw this... This man... This... Creature... I saw him... I 100%... Saw him... Sitting there... Now... We can go scientific about this... That I imagined seeing him... Uh, Or that... In my memory You know you can create a memory After the memory is supposed to have happened And I created it afterwards But you know I remember when I was standing there in the kitchen uh, And I saw This this creature I remember I did the classical Bad acting thing Where you like see something that you can't believe And you kind of like rub your eyes And you look again I did that, and it, it, it was still there. I mean, like... And then it was gone. Then it was gone. It only lasted for a couple of seconds. But the seconds felt... It didn't feel like seconds. It felt longer, but it it, it went... It, it all happened very quick. And... Uh, that memory is very vivid for me and I I never forgot it and it's always intrigued me and uh, what's interesting is also that not long ago when I was doing an ayahuasca ceremony in Peru I had this vision where I Saw the inside. I, I I teleported into my own ear, so I was inside my ear, and in my ear sat a little devil, and, and he looked like Pan. He looked like this person I saw in the forest. He looked exactly the same. And uh, you know, you could pr- you could like say, well, you know, like everybody knows what Pan looks like, so it's not like it's, you know, it's probably just like. Because I know of that mythological character. You know I projected it. Who knows. It doesn't really matter. Because what I saw in this vision was that this character... Was sitting inside my ear. Whispering. He was whispering things into my ear. And during this particular ayahuasca ceremony... I I was just... When I saw him whispering... I was laughing at him. I was laughing because through my ayahuasca ceremonies I had gone through so much shit and so much healing and transformation that, that it didn't matter that this little creature was sitting in my ear whispering naughty things to me because I would not listen anymore I would not listen anymore to his whisperings And so that gave me a lot of power in a sense So I just laughed at him And I remember saying to this little creature in my ear I remember saying like Look, don't stop You can keep on whispering Forever And the longer you do it The funnier it is Because I will not listen to your bullshit anymore so that's, that's, that is that's why I was laughing Because this little devil You know his job became so futile You know And I'm thinking now that uh, Was this the same Guy I saw in the Forest I don't know Because Time wise they do connect In the sense that When this Devil appeared in the forest It was about the same time when I Started to go to the dark side During my life Right before I became a teenager And I've talked about this Before I guess But you know when you're a teenager You can be a bit of a freak And I went to the dark side You know suicidal thoughts Like I went into these like Moments of complete joy But then suddenly moments of like I just want to kill everybody Everybody's an idiot You know anger, hate, you know all these emotions and with the ayahuasca ceremonies and my work with ayahuasca uh, all that is over it's all finished it's been a long process and uh, it was at the end of that, that that this creature came back and I saw him again so I don't know if, if, if they're connected but doesn't matter because it's all symbolic of my own healing journey I guess you could say Uh, but and also another aspect of this story is the fact that if somebody tells me like oh I saw a ghost I saw a UFO I saw this I saw that you know I can like question it like oh did you really but then I can't really question it because if I tell somebody that I saw Pan, I saw the devil in the forest, they're going to go like, yeah, right. There's no reason for them to believe me. And they don't have to believe me. Because I know what I saw. I know. If I tell somebody that I saw Pan, I saw this. Damn, damn. In, the in the forest they're gonna go they're gonna, they're like, gonna. Yeah, right. because I know what I saw, what I, saw. I, know. I, know. I, know. I know now let's close with the track Something Blue by Alchemy go to alchemusic.bandcamp.com to hear more if you like it all the links and additional information can be found on naturalbornalchemist.com And we have time for one more episode before Satan comes. I mean Santa. Before Santa comes. So see you all in a week. Freedom is in the mind.